everyone. My name is Pastor Alicia. Welcome to Excel Church. I'm excited about you joining us on today. Um, we have been in a sermon series entitled Win the Day. Somebody say that with me, Win the Day. And um, it's been impactful for me. I hope you've been following along. Um, of course, you can catch up on YouTube if you haven't seen the other portions of the series. Um, but it's a very practical um, series. And I, I think I've been enjoying that because it's very good for us to get an understanding of not only what the Word of God says, but how to apply that Word in such a way that um, we are able to get victory in areas of our lives that we may be continuing to have struggles. Um, so I think that um, if we're all realistic, um, no matter who we are, um, and no matter how far along we are in our walk with Christ, we all still have things that we have to daily deal with in order to accomplish um, the goals that God has placed in our heart to do for his glory. Um, and so it's wonderful to have a series like this that is giving us practical tools on what we need to do um, to have that victory and to excel. So um, if you're uh, interested in growing spiritually, um, you're going to enjoy this series. So uh, invite someone if you haven't already. Um, share it with one of your friends. Send it in a text message. Hey, you know what? Join us. Uh, we're having worship service this morning and we're getting a word that's really going to fill us up and it's going to help us to excel. So um, the series entitled uh, Win the Day um, has been what we've been teaching on. And today's sermon is entitled Eat the Frog. Somebody say, Eat the Frog. Um, and you'll know in a minute why. Uh, but the big idea is that we've been tackling that a lot of times when we're trying to um, accomplish something in life. We look at it in the totality of what has to be done and it becomes overwhelming. And for many of us, once it's too big and it's too overwhelming, um, it brings us to a standstill. And so we don't accomplish it at all because we don't attack it at all because it's too big. Um, and so what we've been recognizing is we do it by winning the day, not winning the whole goal, the whole finish line, but the step that is ahead of us. Um, and I believe with everything in my heart, from what I have seen the Lord do in my life and what I've seen the Lord do throughout the word of God, that we really can accomplish almost anything, definitely anything that God has asked us to do through the work that we are willing to put in if we do it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough. Um, and so let's do that discovery today. We're going to look in the book of Matthew chapter 7. Um, we're also going to look at chapter 12, and it's not a lot of scriptures today, um, but it's still biblical. Somebody say amen. Um, so let me just scoot down a little bit in my notes. Um, I want to actually, hmm. if you're visiting with us for the first time, welcome. Um, and those of you who are used to joining us, go ahead in the chat for me. And um, share with me if you've been applying any of these uh, strategies to win the day. Um, if you've been applying any of what we've been um, covering um, to start applying it in your life. All right. So um, 
I don't know exactly where I want to start with this. There's so many places I can start. But the one thing I was thinking about, many of you know, yesterday I was with um, my family celebrating my daughter's 18th birthday. And um, I was fortunate enough to have my sister with me. And when my sister was with me, um, one of the things she asked, she said, you know, what are your words of wisdom? What are some things you would want to tell Anna now that she's 18? And, um, you know, my response to her was, um, I've been telling Anna all along. You know, I didn't wait until she's 18 and say, okay, here's everything you need to know. Um, it was it was apparent to me as a parent um, very early on that I had a burden and a responsibility to impart to my children the things that they needed to know to be successful in life and not successful in the way that I think we are accustomed to thinking of um, in terms of um, tangible success, but in terms of having a skill set, a mindset, um, and the ability to navigate the things that life is going to throw at them. And so I have been very strategically you know, every day of their lives, um, trying to say, take these moments as teachable moments and take different lessons as teachable lessons. And, you know, every step of the way say, okay, now you see how this worked out. You know, this is where we would approach it differently next time. You know, really trying to make sure that when they become adults, that they didn't have a sense of fear, like, whoa, 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 wait. I ain't ready for this. I'm not prepared for this. I really want them little things all the way down to uh, when we were taking our last um, trip at the airport, you know, me saying, I want you to go before me. I want you to tell me based off of where we said we're going, what, what gate are we going to? Where, show me where we're going to go. Which, how do you get to that gate? You know, just really trying to em empower them and prepare them that one day you're going to do all of these things on your own. One day you're going to do everything that I do for you, you're going to do on your own. And so it is something that I've always taken seriously. And as a pastor, I try to do the same thing with you in terms of these are some things that I have had to learn the very, very hard way in many cases um, through trial and error from you know ups and downs, different bumps. Um, as well as through studying and, um, you know, spending time with God. And so as the, that information, that knowledge becomes available, I really want to impart. You know, I'm not responsible for the whole world. I'm responsible for those people that God has entrusted me to pastor, as well as those people that God has entrusted me to parent. Um, and so if if God has placed you in that circle where I have the, the the privilege of being able to lead you spiritually, I really want you to um, to focus in on this series in a, in, a, in, a, in a major way, even if you have to go back and listen to it again. Um, this is this is this is stuff that's gonna it's not gonna be tantalizing. It's not gonna be like, woo, wow, that was a powerful message. Um, but it's stuff that is life changing if you um, apply it to your life. Amen. So um, there was this formula that I was looking at. And according to this theory, it says you can climb as high as you like on a ladder by starting with the bottom rung, then climbing the ladder one rung at a time. And the theory, it was really relatively new, 
But the idea was as old as the Tower of Babel. Because if you remember in Genesis chapter 11, if you look at verse 6, nothing that was set out to do was impossible for them. The scripture says nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. And put a different way, as I was saying earlier, you can accomplish anything if you work at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough. But the key is that there are little domino habits. Somebody say domino habits. Little habits that are high leverage habits. And here's what I know for sure. If you do little things like they're big things, God will do big things like they're little things. I want you to catch that. If you do little things like they're big things, God will do big things like it's little. It's something that I have always tried to instill in my children, and I think they would get irritated now, and I pray that there'll be a day where they will see it and be like, oh, that's why she was that way about that. Little things. Let somebody say the little things. I think that's where we get caught up sometimes where we will miss the mark because we'll wait until we think something's important and try to do right with it. But we mishandled all the stuff that was little so that when something's important, we can't do right with it. We haven't we haven't we haven't built up the capacity to do right with it. I even think about tithing, you know, um, that, you know, it's one of those things where I remember people used to say, um, well, you know, I only got a little bit of money, so I'm, a, I'm not going to tithe on this. But when I get when I get some big money, then that's when I'm going to tithe on it. But here's the thing, y'all. Um, <laughs> I can't remember who one of the saints, one of the saints used to say, you know, God ain't going to bless you to be a bigger robber. You know, and you got to kind of process that. You know, if you rob him, if you only got $100 and your tithe was only going to be 10 and he can't trust you to give him 10 why are you going to give you a million? Like, if I couldn't trust you to give me $10, <laughs> you know, I surely you're not going to give me, uh, you know, 10000 100000 So it's it's important that when we have the little things, yeah, be faithful over the little things. Tie the $10. So that when you, I mean, like, at this point, I'm so excited because I remember the days when I would be at church and I didn't even have an offering. I remember the days when I would have to, I remember my church family, I had like the young people we used to like, you know, hook up and help each other. And they would give me the money, like give me $5 to put in the offering so I could have an offering. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the little things. You know, when, you, when I was excited to give God, when I got my first job and I was excited to have enough money to give him, um, you know, a bigger money than $3 and $5 here. You know, it was never like, ooh, I make more money now. I got to tithe more. <laughs> you know, like, it was like, okay, I make more money. I get to tithe more. Um, it's little habits, you know? And so it's kind of funny to me because, you know, now, um, you know, that I'm at a different place in life where um, those struggles don't exist anymore. But I remember the small habits in the earlier phases of my life that lead to the results that I see now. 
And it's kind of hard for me when I'm teaching and trying to um, help others along. Like, don't start with what you see now. You have to go back to foundational principles that have been applied and followed diligently over and over and over again. That's where you get to those results. So I really would love for us today to look at that in our lives and say, okay, let's not focus so much on where we're trying to get to. Let's focus on what are some of the habits I need to develop now to be successful in where it is I'm trying to get to. So let me just think of something that I'm thinking of that's like um, real random. Let's say you want to be a school teacher, okay? Um, most schools start around what, 7, 7 a.m.? Uh, so if you want to be a school teacher, you know, you have to be in the habit of being somewhere at seven, not waking up at seven, but being there. So that might mean you have to wake up probably five o'clock to get to where you need to be in time and be prepared. Um, so a habit would be, you know, if you used to sleep into 10 and not getting up until, you know, 11 and then not getting your day started to 12, you already are sabotaging that goal. You might not have that job yet, but can you have that habit, start building that habit? All right. I mean, I could come up with a bunch of different examples. Maybe you can drop some in the comments, but I don't want to take up too much time. Um, but I, I want, I want to make it plain. So, um, hopefully this is becoming more plain for you. Uh, Mark Twain is purported as saying, if you ever have to eat a live frog, it's best done First thing in the morning. <laughs> Why? Why do you think? Because you can go through the rest of the day knowing that the hardest task is already behind you. Um, so hold that thought. Hold that thought because that is what I'm going to be challenging you to do is to tackle the thing. Tackle the thing, the thing that you don't want to tackle, the thing that has been looming over your head, the thing that you have been like, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> tackle it first thing in the morning. Get that thing done. Get that thing off your, off your to-do list. According to a Duke University study, 45% of daily behavior is automatic. That's amazing. Almost half of what we do is automatic. And that's not a bad thing, unless, of course, they're all bad habits. But habits are the way that we put things on repeat, right? So without the ability to automate, we'd have to relearn everything we do every single day. I saw a movie about that a long time ago. Um where this lady had some kind of head trauma. She had to, every day, she had to relearn. So her husband, you know, it was so sweet. He thought of a way to help her. He had like a video of their life. So every morning when she woke up, she could, you've probably seen the movie. But anyway, um, if we didn't have that capability, we would have to relearn everything we do every single day. Imagine how exhausting that would be. It was exhausting in the movie. Um, but habitualization is not just a good thing. It's a God thing. Um, habits save us tremendously, not only in time and energy, but the savings comes at a cost. When something becomes second nature, we don't give it a second thought. 
And that's when and where we, and why we need to really talk today about deconstructing and reconstructing our daily habits. Are y'all ready to do that? Are you ready to deconstruct and then reconstruct your daily habits? All right, there's lots of ways to do this. Um, you can study other people's um, and hack other people's habits. Um, but here's the thing. Leadership starts with self-leadership. And self-leadership starts with daily habits. Somebody say it with me. Daily habits. You've got to do an analysis of your time management, talent management, and treasure management. You've got to, um, in the business world, we call it the SWOT analysis. The strengths. Oh, come on. Y'all tell me. Tell them with me. The strengths, right? The weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. If you've never heard of SWAT before, I'll give it to you again. Um, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Um, here's what I believe. You can reinvent yourself, okay? I was talking to one of my children about that um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, some things that they have been you know, thinking about. Uh, some some tendencies that they had that um, I wanted them to know. Don't ever let anybody tell you you're going to always be that way. I know for me personally, like if you're pushy or if you're, um, um, <laughs> my kids call me a Karen. So like if you're a Karen, you know, if you're, if you're, whatever it is that you are thinking about in terms of yourself that you may not necessarily be um, satisfied with, you can reinvent yourself. Somebody say that with me. You can reinvent yourself. Okay. I was so proud of myself. We had, um, for her birthday, we have like a, a family tradition of, of eating at a specific type of restaurant and, um, like a whole lot of stuff that I was not happy with, uh, was going on. And I was just like, you're just gonna, you're just gonna, you're just gonna make it through. It's going to be okay. You're not going to say anything. And I didn't say anything, y'all. <laughs> I'm telling you, you can reinvent yourself. If you want, if you put your mind to it, you can reprogram your mind. Um, but on a serious note, you can repurpose your heart. Um, if there are things that, the tendencies that cause you to sin against God, there are things that um, you're doing that you know are um, not pleasing to him, you can repurpose your heart, all right? Um, you can reinvent your body, all right? So if you have been struggling, as I know I have been the last year or two, um, I am determined that as I'm hearing this word, that I'm allowing the word to not just be something I heard on Sunday and be like, okay, check, I went to church on Sunday, but that I, I expect something from the word. I expect something from our time together. I expect God to minister to me, to reveal to me, to help me, um, you know, put, put a demand on the anointing and say, God, I need you to speak to me. Show me how this word applies to my life and help me to excel in every way. And so if you want to reprogram your mind, if you want to repurpose your heart, you want to repurpose, reinvent your body, whatever it is that you are trying to do, know that with God, all things are possible. Um, not too long ago, I saw an article um, on, on Facebook probably um, but it was about a high school principal who read The Circle Maker 
and he topped out at 397 pounds. He read the book and decided to run a marathon. Um, he had to lose 60 pounds before he started running. But he started running prayer circles around the 82 schools in his school district. He not only ran a marathon, but he also lost half of his body weight. Now, let me say this. I recognize that for all of us, that's not our goal. I'm just using this as an example. Um, and I recognize that nature as well as nurture plays a part. We have uh, a heritability. How do you say it? Heritability. Is it heritability? Yeah, heritability factors uh, like height, weight, and I'm not dismissing any of that. Um, but it still doesn't change this thesis. Almost anyone can accomplish almost anything if they work at it long enough, hard enough, and smart enough, right? And I know that some of you are thinking, okay, Pastor Alicia, is this going to be like a repackaged self-help lesson and you're going to call it a sermon? No, this is a stewardship issue. It's about making the most of your time, your talent, and your treasure. And that's word. That's biblical. It's my utmost for his highest. It's about, again, not just um, stating the word, not just reading the word, but living the word is cultivating not only good habits, but God habits. Amen. Somebody say, let's cultivate God habits. All right. So what I want to do is help you hack your habits this morning. Before we go, I want to help you hack your habits. And I want you to be talking in the comments because I'm going to look in the comments during offering. And um, if y'all talking at me, you know, I might just even pop back on and just talk to you guys, but I'm not going to pop back on and talk to myself. Um, not after I've already talked 45 minutes. <laughs> so if this is something that you guys are really working at and you really are getting into this and you really have some things that you're trying to overcome and you want to, you know, see some miracles and testimonies come forth as a result of this. I'm with you. I want to root you on. I want to cheer with you. I want, I'm excited about what I'm expecting God to be doing in our lives as we're going through this series. So please feel free in the comments. If you're joining us for the first time, we do that here. We talk in the comments. So um, if you're watching it on your TV, I know it's hard to do that. So sometimes we at our house, we watch it on the TV and then we have our phones out so we can talk in the chat because we love each other and we just want to talk. Um, but I do want to help you hack your habits. Somebody said we're about to hack our habits. All right. All right. I'm looking at the time. I, I need to move on. But I do need to teach you these two things. All right. It's going to be habit stacking and habit switching. All right. Somebody say that with me. Habit stacking and habit switching. And we'll reverse engineer um, some goals, all right, and turn them into daily habits. But before we do, I need you to pick a habit. Everybody pick a habit. And then if you really just want to be a good team player, can you put a habit in the comments? Um, if it's a habit that you just like don't particularly feel comfortable sharing, I got you. But still pick the habit, all right? So do you have it in your mind or in the comments? Did everybody pick a habit? 
It can be physical. Um, it can be relational, emotional, mental, financial, spiritual. I'm telling you, you just don't know um, how impactful it can be. One of my children was saying something to me the other day and it just, it really stuck with me and it became a desire like, okay, I'm going to make a habit in this area. Uh, if, if you just think about it, if there's something, it, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be, you know, one of the examples I just tossed out just for uh, illustrative purposes. But think, it could be physical, it could be relational, emotional, right? Um, mental, financial, spiritual. Think about some habits you have, all right? Or habits you want to have. And for the sake of simplicity, I'll give you a couple examples. It could be doing your age in sit-ups. It could be keeping up a gratitude journal like we talked about before with a daily quota. It could be giving five minutes of meditation. It could be a daily Bible reading plan, okay? Pick a habit, any habit. You got it? Everybody got one now? All right. So here we go with the, the title for today's sermon. How do you eat the frog? How do you eat the frog? You have to make it measurable, meaningful, and maintainable. All right, write that down. You have to make it measurable, meaningful, and maintainable. Now, let me break this down. Somebody say, make it measurable. Um, when you make something measurable, uh, I remember when I was in um, direct sales and in marketing, one of the things that I had never really understood is that you have to turn something into a daily habit and you have to um, have a goal that you can measure. So if you can't say, I want to be successful because that's not measurable. How do you know if you met the mark? But you can say, I want to have direct sales of $3,000 this month. You can say, I want to recruit 10 people to join my team this month. You, you follow me? Measurable. When, what are you trying to accomplish? You, you know, my students that are on here, you can say, you don't want to say, I want to be successful. You want to say, I want to get a score of, of 28 on the ACT. Um, I, I was really proud of my daughter, uh, my, my youngest daughter. She had made a goal. She said, you know, I want to be, um, I think she said honor roll. That was measurable. She knew if she had met her goal or not because either she was on honor roll or she wasn't on honor roll. So you can follow my, these examples, right? And you have to make it measurable. So one of the easiest way, you can't say, I want to lose weight. I want to lose 10 pounds. You see? So when you make it measurable, um, you set a goal that you can share and that you can be accountable with and that you can measure to see if you are reaching it. Um, so getting into shape and losing weight 
are hopes, not habits. You have to make it measurable by counting calories or mapping miles. Make it measurable. So now that you know what the goal is, you reverse engineer. I had an app on my, oops, sorry about that. Sorry, y'all. I had an app on my phone that allowed me to say, okay, I want to lose 10 pounds. And then it calculated after you put your weight in how much you would eat each day in order to reach that goal. So you could see, okay, I only have this many calories per day to eat if I want to reach that goal. But see, you know, we don't always want to do that. We want to lose weight. We want to lose 10 pounds, but we don't necessarily want to measure what we're doing along the way to see if we're on track to reach that goal. You may say, I want to graduate from college and I want to have a, you know, 4.0 or 3.0 GPA. But again, we have to measure, not we have to win the day. Somebody say win the day. So I need to focus on what am I going to do in this quarter? Not for the next four years. In this quarter, I want to have this GPA. And then in order to have that in this quarter, then what study groups do I have to set up? How much reading do I need to do per night? Maybe I need to read a certain amount of chapters per day, breaking it down into measurable goals. Those become habits because now my habit is I'm going to put my calories into my little calorie counter that now becomes a habit after I've eaten something, or I'm going to read so many pages out of my book, or I'm, I'm, I want to be an author. I'm going to write so many pages each night towards my goal of writing my first book. As we begin to break that down, and those are the things that we see that we're going to be able to measure, once it's measurable, it's manageable. Somebody say it with me. Once it's measurable, it's manageable. And one way to do this is by adding timelines and deadlines. All right. We're going to add timelines and deadlines. And when it comes to goal setting, come on, you managers. So, you know, some of you have been recently promoted in your job. You, you manage people now. You've got all kinds of stuff going on. But when it comes to goal setting and habit building, deadlines are lifelines. Somebody say that with me. Deadlines are lifelines. All right, number two, let's move on. Make it meaningful. This is so, 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 so real. I mean, like real. Like I can really, really talk to you about this for a while, but I'm, I'm going to try to make it concise but I also want you to understand it. Um, how do you make it meaningful? There's lots of ways you can do this. One, you can do it for someone else. Okay. I know um, I've appreciated that in all of the journeys that I have been on in life, um, and this reciprocal, uh, I've never had to do it alone because my husband has always said, you know, hey, I'm with you, ride or die. I'm with you. So I'm going to do it with you. If you're going to, um, when he's, he, he doesn't eat pork. I'm like, all right, I'm not eating pork with you. You know, when I decided I was going to, um, do a certain business, he's like, all right, I'll do it with you. If I'm, I'm, if I'm on a certain health plan, he's like, all right, I'll eat with you. Um, it's, it's helpful if you do something for someone else, because maybe you're having a hard time doing it for yourself, but knowing 
that you have somebody else that is depending on you can be very motivational. I know uh, for me personally, I've noticed that like when I'm fasting um, and it's something I'm doing spiritually as unto God, it's like totally different than if I'm dieting. Like if I'm just dieting because I'm trying to lose weight for me, it's like a lot different for me. Um, I remember when you guys remember how we did the Daniel fast that year and um, afterwards, Pastor and I was like, you know, we're just going to keep going with this. We're not going to eat any more, um, you know, meat and whatnot. And we kept going um, because we were doing it for a bigger purpose. You know, we were like, I really need spiritual breakthrough. I, I need, you know, God to move in my life, blah, blah, blah. We were really focused on doing different things and, and, and making certain sacrifices in order to see certain breakthroughs. And because I was doing it for a greater purpose... That was something I was able to do effortlessly. Now, let me try to do it now just because I felt like it. It'll be like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Hey, pass me that chicken, <laughs> you know? So it's like you can try to uh, uh, attach it to something bigger and that will make it a little bit more, you'll be have more motivation to make that adjustment. Think about your children if you have children. Um, think about... Uh, the legacy that you want to create. Think about the other people that it will impact. If you are a child, you know, maybe you are one of the young people listening, you know, think about your future. Think about where it is you want to go in life. Um, another thing about habit formation is knowing that it isn't just about you. Um, I remember the first time I did my weight loss and I had lost 40 pounds, what my motivating factor was, was I had a, a child and I knew I wanted to be healthy and able to keep up with him and, you know, play with him and go places and not be tired all the time. Um, so habit formation, once you link it to something else that has value to you, something else that is important to you and don't make it just about you. Um, but about the third generation, about the fourth generation, you know, maybe you don't have children, but you're doing it for the kingdom. Um, you know, maybe all your kids are grown, but what you want to do and what you want to accomplish is about advancing the kingdom of God, about letting God use you. And you want to be, you know, able to, to be used for his glory. So you, you want to be, you know, prosperous so that when God speaks to you and tells you to give, you can give, you know, you want to be blessed in financial, um, abilities so that you can, you know, use your skills and your mindset to help uh, grow ministry. You might want to, you know, be able to evangelize and, and to travel the world and preach and teach. And so you want to be able to be physically in a position where you can make it through the airports and you don't feel like you're going to pass out by the time you get to the airplane. I mean, it could be simple things, but as you attach it to bigger goals, bigger purposes, um, and make it about leaving a legacy, about being a blessing, um, and you find your why, and you look at that every day, it makes a difference. Pin a picture on your bathroom mirror. Y'all who know me, you know in my office, right over there, I got my vision board, pictures of things that I'm believing God for, but the daily habits on in my life have to match what's on that vision board or what's on that vision board doesn't come to pass. Do you see that connection? Amen. So pin a picture on your bathroom mirror. Get your vision board posted up somewhere in your room. Set an alarm on your phone. Do whatever it takes 
Just make it meaningful enough to keep you moving towards your goal. Somebody say, keep it moving. Come on, keep it moving. All right, we're on our last one now. Number three, make it maintainable. Somebody say, make it maintainable. So along with being measurable and being meaningful, our habits have to be maintainable. Yeah, I learned that one the hard way, right? I told you a lot of what I'm teaching you is not because I'm just like the expert in all things. It's also because I am studying as a student of the word to figure out what I personally also need to do. And so as I'm learning and I'm sharing it with you and we are applying this together, we can give victory together. All right. It's okay to dream big. All right. I'm any dreamers in here. Anybody who dreams big. All right. Um, but you have to start small. All right. <laughs> okay. You, 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 you can dream big, but you have to start small. See, I know some of us don't like that. We want to go straight to the top. We want to go straight to what we have in our mind. We have in our mind that we're going to be this, this specific place. And, and, and it is not in any way attractive to us to start way at the bottom. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Don't despise. Don't despise. Don't despise small beginnings. All right? And, and I'm telling you, even when you have to restart, you know, I think about how, you know, God had blessed us and how we had grown to a place as a ministry that was just so exciting and filled with momentum. And then COVID hit. And, you know, it's not, it's not beyond my understanding that in the, the months to come, when we begin rephasing and reopening, that we'll be starting over again for the most part. Amen. That we are going to have a relaunch and a new beginning and, and start small all over again. And I know that can be overwhelming. I know we can get sad when we think about, well, I already lost the 40 pounds and I didn't gain it back. You know, I already had built the church up and now we got to start it all over again. You know, I'd already, you know, um, I was already a supervisor at my old job, but now I got to start at the bottom. You know, I, I was already getting, you know, good grades and had a lot of friends at my old school. Now I got to start all over again. Um, it's real easy to look at the progress you've made and the fact that you have to restart or the progress that you've never made, but that you see other people making and the fact that you have to start from the bottom and get discouraged and not want to not want to do the journey at all. But I'm telling you. If you have the desire in your heart, if there's a dream in you that God placed in your heart, don't let it go. If you write two pages a day, you'll have a book in 100 days. You are capable of more than you imagine. But consistency, somebody say consistency beats intensity seven days a week and twice on Sundays. Do you hear me? Consistency beats intensity. And that's what I need us to really catch. You know, I was thinking about that. Like we prefer intensity. You know, just give me one time, a one-time shot, you know, a one-time uh, uh, surgery, a one-time um, 
of revival, a one time of whatever. You know, we just let's let's do this thing one time and it'll be done. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. For the for the breakthrough that you're expecting, for the miracle that you you believe God for, you got to be willing to put in the time and have the intensity of doing something consistently. Not the intensity of a one one timer, but the the consistency of doing something and building a habit and doing it over and over again until you see the results. And you have to do it for a day and then you have to do it all over again. That's how every goal is accomplished. Win the day. Here's the good news. Anybody can do anything for a day. Right? So you have to make the habit measurable. Somebody say, make it measurable. Make it meaningful. Come on, say it. Make it meaningful. And make it maintainable. Make it maintainable. So when you come up with something that you cannot maintain at a pace that you cannot keep up, you set yourself up to have to start over again. You set yourself up in some cases for backsliding. You set yourself up for, I'm, I'm doing this, but I can't keep up at this pace. It has to be maintainable. So think about that as you're creating these habits, whatever it is you're doing. So if you started off saying, okay, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, you know, read my Bible for seven hours a day, you know, cause the, I love the Lord and, um, you know, I, I'm, um, I'm just going to give him my all and, you know, I'm not working right now anyway. So I'm just going to read my Bible seven hours a day. Okay. Is that maintainable? What about if you get a job? You know, what, what if you have a family? What if you have something else to do? So then what are you going to do? If you make it maintainable, you say, okay, well, I'm going to just, I'm going to read my Bible on my lunch break every day. Okay. That's maintainable. You can keep going with that. You got an hour that you want to park in your lunch break. You know that you can always take a lunch. You know, you can maintain that. Make whatever the habit is that you're developing one that you know that you're going to be able to maintain so that the goal that you reach it, when you reach it, you can hold on to that accomplishment. All right. So you're doing great. All right. Let me, let me give you two things about these two techniques that I promised you this morning at the top of the hour that I was going to give you and then we're going to be done. All right. Are you still with me? Are you hanging in there? Are you getting anything? Are y'all getting anything? All right. All right, so talking about two techniques and then we're going to close. Habit switching and habit stacking. Habit switching, somebody say that, and habit stacking. That will help you eat the frog. In the Gospels, Jesus says something I find fascinating as it relates to habit formation. Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45 says, when an impure spirit comes out of someone, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked 
than itself. And they go and live there. The final condition of that person is worse than the first. Now, this is a complicated verse to exegete, but let me ask the obvious question. Why is the person worse off? Because they didn't cultivate the daily discipline necessary to back up the divine deliverance. God can deliver you in a day, no doubt. But you have to cultivate daily habits to back up this miracle. You, you have to begin to, I remember when I gave my life to Christ, I made radical changes in my life, radical. Many of you have heard the testimonies. One of the things I knew, and, and, and people would say it to me, oh, it don't take all that. Have you ever heard that before? Oh, it don't take all that. You know, I, I'm saying you don't have to do all that. Oh, it don't take all of that. They judge the level and the, the maneuvers that were made because they thought that they were unnecessary. Because many of us do just what is necessary to get by. But for those of us, who have tuned in this morning because we want to do more than just get by. We're ready to excel. We're ready to accomplish the things that God placed in our heart to do for his glory. And we know that you just don't go through life and just accidentally happenstance into what those things are, but that you, you push into his presence, that you press into him and you, you, you lean on him for wisdom and guidance and direction on how to accomplish the things that he has asked you to do. And in that process, he has led you to be a part of this ministry. In that process, he's led you to be a part of this series. And you are here with a deeper desire to understand, Lord, how do I do the things that you placed on my heart to do? How do I accomplish the, the dreams that you've placed in my heart? It cannot be done if we are not willing to develop new habits to replace the ones that were there before. Because when we, when I decided to give my life to Christ, when you decided to give your life to Christ, there were things that I was doing previously that now in, in terms of using this scripture, when, when you vacate those things, when you remove those things, if you don't replace it with something else that is of God, then it comes back with, the, the scripture says, the, the spirit came back with seven. I, I think I, wait, I lost the scripture. Are y'all with me? It says he came back with seven other spirits more wicked than itself. I remember the first time I heard that scripture, it scared the living daylights out of me. I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. What just happened? But see, when you clean out, when you, when you say, okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to get rid of this and I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm a, I'm a live right. I'm going to get on the good foot but you don't then develop the spiritual discipline where you don't then do the things that are necessary in terms of staying before the Lord, praying, getting in the spirit of God, just saying, you know, Lord, okay, this is it now. It's me and you now. What I used to do, I'm not, I'm not interested in doing that anymore. Where, where I used to go, I'm not interested in going anymore. You know, change me, Father. Help me. You know, not just, oh, okay, I'm delivered, whoo, and now I'm going to go back to things as normal. Mm -mm. 
Hmm. But digging deeper, getting closer, pressing into God and asking him to fill your heart with, with, with the things of God, asking him to cleanse you, to renew you, to give you a right mind and to begin to get in the word, begin to study the word, you know, replace that thing. So now, you know, you might've been used to watching pornography. Okay. Well, you better get used to watching the, the Bible channel and, and listening to some sermons and, and, and cleansing your mind. It's, it's gotta be something to rejuvenate and to replenish. And as you get into that, then you get the opportunity to, when that, when that, uh, when they come back, when that spirit come back, the house is full. You can't come back in now. Can't come back in with seven spirits. It's full. It's full with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's something, something totally different coming. New house, new number, who this? Like you, you can't even come back now. You can't come back. It's, it's something totally different going on. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So you, you, you've changed your life. In such a way, you've done, you develop the daily habits of seeking God, of praying, of, of the, reading the scripture, of coming to church, of surrounding yourself with other people who are like-minded, who want to grow spiritually. And so when the enemy come back with his crew, thinking that it's something getting ready to go down, it's like, no, no, ain't nowhere for you to come back in. It's full. It's full with the presence of God. Amen. And that's how I was able to be. Oh, because I was terrified when I heard that scripture. I was like, wait a minute. What's going to happen? No, not, that's not going to happen. Not in here. It's not going to happen because we, it's going to be complete renovation. Somebody say total renovation. And so you got to you got to evict that thing in your life. That evil spirit, that thing about you that you know does not please God, that area of your life that you know you need to grow, you have to evict it and you have to replace it with the thing that God does desire to do in your life. So just, you know, plain, making it plain. Okay, so let's say you're a complainer. Let's say you complain excessively. You can't just say, I'm not going to complain anymore. You have to then replace that with something else. So now you get into that gratitude journal we talked about. Now you begin to, every single day, the thing that you were getting ready to complain about, you bless God for it. You're about to complain about your job. So you can't just say, okay, I'm not going to complain about my job. Now you say, all right, you're going to, I'm going to write in gratitude. God, I thank you. I thank you for having provision. I thank you for having a place of employment. I thank you that it provides my needs and that I'm able to, you know, feed my family. And I thank you. So you've got to replace it. All right. And so if you want God to do the super, you have to do the natural. All right. If you want God to do the super, you have to do the natural. So hold that thought. You don't break a bad habit by not doing it, right? You, that's not a long-term solution. Spiritually speaking, you don't stop sinning by not sinning. That's like me telling you, don't think about the jolly green giant. What image just popped in your head? It's just psychologically, there's something called a double bind. If I say to you, be spontaneous, you can't be. It creates a no-win situation. And the same goes for every temptation that we face. I wish eating the frog was as easy as just say no. It's not. The solution is you need a vision. Bigger, 
and better than the temptation. You need a solution, a vision, I'm sorry, bigger and better than the temptation. The best way to break a bad habit is to build a good habit, all right? So the best way to break a bad habit is to build in its place a good habit. It takes time and effort, but you've got to reinvest your time, your talent, your treasure into a good habit, a God habit. All right. Last one, last one, last one. If you want to flip the script, we talked about that before, right? If you want to flip the script, this is what we have to do. All right, so the last part of what I promised to cover is the habit. First, we did the habit switching. Now we're going to do the habit stacking. Habit stacking. Somebody say habit stacking. Habit stacking is coupling our habits with daily rhythms and daily rituals. All right. One simple way to do this is to turn certain times of the day into alarms. You've already done this in your life. Think back to school. Can you remember what time the lunch bell rang? The dismissal bell? Do you set a timer on your coffee box to have it brew at the same time every day? Um, think about things that are connected. So technically speaking, habit stacking or habit chaining is coupling difficult habits with habits that come easy. All right, you get that? I learned that as I was preparing this. I'm like, okay, I got to try this. I got to try this. So uh, habit stacking, say that again, habit stacking is coupling difficult habits with habits that come easy. Now, what I didn't realize is we've been doing this all along. Uh, one thing that I noticed that like my husband, we used to have a really, really, really bad issue with laundry. Um, and by really bad, I mean, it was just always laying around in the floor, not put up. And it used to be, and, and I can't even remember that time now because we've made a new habit. But it, it, I remember, I do remember the time. I used to hate laundry so much and we would wash it and move it from the washer to the dryer, from the dryer to the floor. And then like, what sense does that make? Because now it's not even really clean anymore. It's just a big pile of laundry in the floor. And then when people wanted their clothes, they would just have to look through the laundry and find that stuff. And it was a mess, right? So we had to do new habits and we had to do habit stacking. And I didn't even realize we were doing this. But the one thing is we started saying, okay, we're gonna wash clothes every day. I know that's not what we want to do. You know, it used to be, well, we're going to do it on the weekend. We're going to do all our chores on the weekend. But for us, that just did not work. It just became too big. And remember what we said at the beginning, anytime something gets too big, then you don't want to do it at all. And then you, it gets backed up and then it you don't reach the goal. So for us, it was, let's break it down. Let's just start doing it daily. Um, but then the other thing I noticed my husband doing with the, with the chaining, the linking is like, he likes to watch the news at night. So what he'll do is he'll start folding clothes while he's watching the news. And so that way you're taking a habit that you already have. I'm already going to watch the news. So now to build this other habit that might be more difficult, the thing that I really don't want to do necessarily, I chain it to something that I'm already going to do. All right. So you may be saying, um, okay, I can see how that works. 
um, habit stacking might be new to me or to you, but the idea is not new. In the word, it even talks about it. Um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. Is one, the Lord is our God is one. You shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Now the question becomes how? How do you keep them in your heart? How do you put them into practice? The answer is habit stacking. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them, hallelujah, as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So you see here, God doesn't just give commands. He couples them with daily rituals, getting up, lying down. If you're trying to cultivate a habit, a prayer habit, one of the best ways is to do it first thing in the morning or last thing at night. Why? Those rituals function as reminders. And that's the good news. Some of you are already habit stacking and you aren't even aware of it. If you pray before your meals, you're habit stacking. If you hug your spouse when you get home, you're habit stacking. The trick is putting this into practice across the board. All right. So pick a habit, any habit. You've got to stack those really hard habits with rituals and routines that come naturally. All right. I know this has been a lot. I know, and I know a lot of what we've been dealing with has been detrimental on our physical health, on our mental health. And the one way we're going to counteract that is habit stacking, getting in the habit of doing the things that are going to help us excel. Show me your habits. I'll show you your future. You can tweet that. Show me your habits. I'll show you your future. Over time, you will become the sum total of your habits. And if that's not where you're trying to go, flip the switch, flip the script. That's what we see. It's time to flip the script. If you know that the sum total of your habits right now is not the direction where you want to see yourself end up, it's time to flip the script. So I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray that you will join me in this challenge. I know it may seem a little overwhelming at first, but knowing that you're not in this alone, talking to each other in the comments, encouraging each other in the comments, pick your habit, whatever the habit is, and say to yourself, can I do that for one day? If I can win the day, I can win the goal. I'm excited for you. I'm going to be reading your comments. I'm going to be talking back and I might even be popping back in. So I love you and I believe in you. And I know you can do all things through Christ. He is our strength, y'all. We got this.